We begin the Gemara today on Daflametes Amid Aleph, towards the top of the Amid, three lines from the top. The Gemara quotes what it said in the Mishnah, Rabbi Yehuda Poiter Bemayim. Rabbi Yehuda said, if a woman is borrowing water to mix into her dough, so then she does not have to take into account for the Tchum, the owner of that water. She can just go to, with, the, with the dough to wherever she can go with her Tchum. So from the Lashon of the Mishnah, it seems, Rabbi Yehuda only argues regarding water, but Melachloi, regarding salt, he would agree to the Tanakame that you follow also the Tchum of the owner of the salt. So he's only arguing regarding water. We learned, Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says, whether salt, whether water, it becomes bottling the ingredients, whether it's in a dough, whether it's in a pot, whether it's an ingredient of food that you're cooking in a pot. So you see here that Rabbi clearly says that just like by water it becomes bottle, so too by salt it becomes bottle in the ingredients and you don't have to follow the tchom of the one that owned the water or the salt. So the Gemara answers, it depends what kind of salt this is. Like Kashia, it's not a contradiction. Ha bemelachs doimis. Over here, in the Braise, it's speaking about salt, which is called Melach's Daimis, and this is very, very fine salt. And therefore, something like this becomes completely bottled in the ingredients. But, in the Mishnah, it's speaking about Hob, Melach, Istreikness. It's speaking about salt, which is more of a coarse salt, and therefore, it does not become bottled in the ingredients. That's our Mishnah. So therefore, Rabbi Yehuda only argued regarding water, but not regarding the salt, which is more of a coarse salt. This is Rashi's pshat, and Rashi proves his pshat that the melach's doimis is the finer salt from the famous Gemara that says regarding the concept of mayim achreinim, that the reason for mayim achreinim is because after you eat a suda and your hands came in contact with the food and the salt in the food, so there is, could be a residue from the melach's doimis left in your fingers that if you put it then into your eyes, it could be a danger for your eyes. So you see that this is something that's very fine and it can be left on your fingers. If it would be coarse salt, how would it be left on your fingers? That's Rashi's pshat. Rabbeinu Hananel, however, does teach the Gemara in the reverse, that Melach's daimis is the more coarse salt and Melach's straightness is the more finer salt. But the Gemara now has another question. Vatanya, we learned in Abraise, Rabbi Yehuda, Imer Rabbi Yehuda says, Mayimu Melach betelem biisa. Both water and salt would be bottled if you took those ingredients and you mixed it into a dough. You don't have to take into account that person's tchum. But but if you mixed it into a pot of food over here, it does not become bottled because of the soup in this food that you're cooking here. So the water is there in the soup and it's noticeable separately. It doesn't get mixed into the ingredients like a dough where the water is not noticeable at all. So the question is, over here we see Rabbi Yehuda only argues regarding dough and not regarding a pot of food. Pot, but with a pot of food he agrees to the Tanakama that you do have to take into account the tchum of the owner of the water. But from our Mishnah it's mashma that Rabbi Yehuda argued both regarding a pot of food just like he argues regarding Dough, the same thing, Rashi brings it here because the Mishnah brought up also spices. So the Mishnah was talking about a pot of food that you add spices to. You don't usually add spices to dough. So we see that Rabbi Yehuda in the Mishnah, when he was arguing on the Tanakhama, he was arguing both the water that was added regarding dough and water that was added for a pot of food. 
But over here in the Braise we see that regarding a pot of food, the Rabbi does not argue. Because over here the water is floating in the soup and it's noticeable. So the Gemara answers, like Kashia, this is not a question. In our Mishnah, it's speaking about food that's thicker and the water that's being used for the ingredients is absorbed in this food and it's not swimming around, it's not noticeable separately. So therefore Rabbi Yudah argues with the Tanakama that you do not have to follow the Tchom of the owner of that water. And Hobaraka, and here in the Braisa, it's speaking about food cooking in a pot that's softer or that there is soup over there, and therefore the water is noticeable separately. So you do have to follow the Trom of that person, even according to Rabbi Yehuda. Continuing with the halachis of the Trom on Yontif, Bailam, a coal, a fire that you want to transport from one place to another on Yontif. So you follow the Tchum of the owner of this coal. Vishal Heves. However, if it's a fire, if you have a flame fire and someone goes and lights a candle from someone else's flame, Bechol Mokin. It doesn't follow the Tchum of the owner of that flame. Whoever wants to take from it and take it to wherever he's going to go, to his Tchum, can take from it and go to wherever he wants. And the reason is because a shalheves is something that's not tangible. If it's a tangible object that's owned by somebody, so then it, the tchum of that object is established according to the owner of that object. But a shalheves, which is not tangible, so the owner does not prevent, his tchum does not prevent it of being taken by someone else and take it to wherever he wants. Now the Mishnah brings similar halachis based on the same concept that the Gecheles is a tangible object and the Shalheves, the flame, is not a tangible object, so there's certain other halachas that apply. Gecheles shel hektish, a coal that's owned by hektish, moyalimba, so if you have any benefit of it, so you'll be moyal minatayre, you misused hektish. And the Shalheves, however, if it's only a flame of hektish, that you took a flame from the hektish to use to, burn, to, to light a candle, for example, from a flame of hektish, so then, because it's not something tangible, loy nanin, midrabanon, you're still not allowed to have this anah, but v'loy mo'elen, minatayre, there is no me'ila of this flame, which is not tangible. A third halacha, hamaitzi gacheles l'rishus arabim, if one carries out on Shabbos a coal into the rishus arabim, which is a tangible object, chayef, yechayef for carrying, for taking out from the rishus ayachet the rishus arabim. Vishalheves, however, if you carried out just the flame from the Rishusayachid and the Rishusarabim, and the Gemara will explain how that is possible, what the person did, so then because the flame is not a tangible object, Potter. He'll be Potter. So the Gemara now brings a Braise, which brings these halachas of the Mishnah and adds more as well to distinguish between a coal and the flame of fire. Tonarabanon and a Braise we learned, Chamishodvarim. There were five halachas nemru that was said regarding a coal of fire. The coal, the tchum will be like the owner of it. But the flame which is not tangible, anybody that takes the flame can take it to wherever he wants to go in his tchum. A gacheles that belongs to hektish, there's mi'ila on this, but vishalheves, loinenen, midrabana, you're not allowed to have anah from this flame belonging to hektish, but veloimoyelen, you're not, there's no mi'ila. Another halacha, third halacha, which was not mentioned in the Mishnah, gacheles shalavidizare, asuda, a coal belonging to avidizare, you're not allowed to have any benefit of it, as it's also by all objects of avidizare, there's a pasik, minatayri, you're not allowed to have any hanah of anything belonging to avidizare. 
but a flame of fire, which is not something tangible, muteres. You're allowed to have a no from this from Avedizara. Hamaitzi gacheles l'rishusarab, carrying out the cult of the rishusarab. Chayiv will be chayiv. Vishalheves, which is not tangible, potter. Fifth halacha, hamuder hanoam echaveiroi. If you have a, a nether that you made, not to derive any benefit from your friend, oser begachaltoi. You're not allowed to have any ano from a coal that belongs to him, which is a tangible object that he owns. But umuter bishalheftoi. You are allowed to have ano of a flame fire, to take a flame from his candle, because that's not something tangible that you're taking from him. So now the Gemara focuses on one point there, where there's a distinction between Hektish and Avedizara. My Shno, what's the difference? Shalheves Avedizara, Desharia. When it comes to the flame of Avedizara, it's completely muted to have a no from it. Not only Menatayra, but even Midrabanon, they did not institute any Takone to take from a flame of Avedizara. And why when it comes to Hekdish, that over there, even though there is no Me'ila because it's not something tangible, but the Rabbanon did institute an Iser to take from a flame of Hekdish. If they were afraid that a person would come to misuse Hekdish, so why wouldn't they institute a similar Takana regarding Avedizara, not to come to Avano from Avedizara? So the Gemara answers, Avedizara de Me'isa. Avedizara, which is disgusting in people's eyes, ubedili in shimino, and people separate from Avedizara, legozruba rabbanon. So there, the rabbanon did not feel it required to make any additional gzeda. Hektish, the loimois, but hektish, which is not something despicable in people's eyes, v'loibedili in shimine, and people do not separate from hektish, gozru bei rabbanon. So here, the rabbanon did decree that you should not even take a flame from the hektish, even though it's not something tangible. So both Rashi and Taisus clarify that the Pshad and the Gemara is not the way it sounds from the words that when it comes to hektish, people don't separate from hektish at all. People know something that's hektish, that they're not allowed to have anah from it, so people do separate and make sure that they should not have anah from hektish. And Taisus here brings a clear Gemara in Psachim regarding Chomets, that if you find Chomets of hektish from, uh, Chomets from hektish on Yontif, you don't have to cover it because people naturally stay away from hektish. Elamai, in this context, in, in contrast to Avedizadeh, what the Gemara is saying is, by Avedizadeh, people stay away from Avedizadeh much more than Hektish. So even though people stay away from both of them, but from Avedizadeh, which is Mos, which is repugnant in people's eyes, they stay away much more, and therefore Chacham did not make any Xayde there. Whereas by Hektish, although people stay away, but not as much, so therefore they made Xayde not to have Ano from a flame of fire of Hektish. The next thing it said in the Mishnah, a person that carries out a coal into the Rishos Arabim on Shabbos is Chayev for carrying it to the Rishos Arabim. But the flame, if you just took a flame out, will be Potter. If you carry out just a small tiny flame, Chayev, you are Chayev for carrying out a flame. So that contradicts what it says in our Mishnah. Oh, Rav Sheishe, so Rav Sheishe's answer is, In that price, he didn't just take out the flame alone, he took out a flame with a chip of wood, or let's say with a match. So therefore, he's chayev because he is holding on to the match, taking it out. Okay, but in our Mishnah, it's not even with a match. Now, how exactly he did take it out, the Gemara at the end will explain. So the Gemara says, wait, if in the Mbraise he took it out with a kissim, with a chip of wood, so kissim. So why does the Mbraise say that he's chayev for the flame that he took out? He should be chayev for the chip of wood that he took out. 
And for the Gemara, for that chip of wood alone, he would not be chayiv because it does not have the minimum amount to be chayiv for it. There's a minimum amount for everything that you carry out on Shabbos that it should be at least significant enough to be used for something to be chayiv. And the Gemara here brings what the shear is for a chip of wood. The Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah, if a person carries out wood, what's the minimum amount of wood to be chayiv? Kedei levashal beitzakala. The amount you need in order to uh, cook an egg uh, that is cooked easily, which is a chicken egg. So therefore, this kissen we're speaking about over here was too small of a size. It can't cook this kind of an egg. And therefore, he's only chayev because the, the kissen, the chip of wood, also has a flame on it. And that's what the Braisa was speaking about. Abaye Omar, Abaye explains the case of the Braisa a bit differently. Kogain the shayfe lemona. The case over here is that the person went and took a piece of uh, keli, he took a piece of earthenware, and he smeared it with oil. Shayfe lemona mishcha. He smeared this earthenware with oil, and vatli beinura, and he lit it on fire. And this fire is burning on this oil, and that's how he carried it out. Similar answer to Rav Sheshis. But Rashi says that, according to one pshat, that Abayi disagrees with Rav Sheshish's pshat because a kissim is something that does not hold on fire a very long time, it's like a, like a match, it, it burns out very quickly. And therefore, he says that uh, in such a case, it's like you're just taking out a uh, flame of fire itself that you would not be high for. So therefore, he argues in him. Rashi has a second pshat as well, but that's one of the pshatim of Rashi. So now the Gemara here asks basically the same question that I asked before on Rav Sheshish's pshat, it asks now on, Rabbi, on Abayi's pshat. mishumana. If you're saying that he didn't just, in the Braisi, he didn't just take out the flame of fire, but he took it out burning on this oily keli, so then why, sh- why shouldn't he be chayev just for the keli that he took out? Why are you saying that he's chayev for the flame that he took out? So the Gemara answers, Bachaspa. It's a broken earthenware and therefore has no use for nothing, so you're not chayev for that. Why not? Let him be chayev for this broken earthenware that could be used for something and let him be chayev for that. And for the Gemara, it's a small broken earthenware that does not have the minimum amount required to be chayev if you take it out. And the Gemara brings the shear, the tnan, we learned, a piece of earthenware, what's the shear to be chayev when you carry it out? A broken piece of earthenware that's used when you have boards that you're building and the boards are not evenly matched up and you have to put a piece of earthenware to position it well, so that's the piece of earthenware that's large enough to be chayev when you carry out. So over here we're speaking about a piece of earthenware that's smaller than that, and therefore the person's going to be patamitzad the earthenware, but he's chayev for the shalheves that he took out with it. That was the pshat and the b'raise. But now going back to the Mishnah, so now when it says in the Mishnah that if you carry out a flame, you're going to be potter, how is it possible to carry out a flame? So we're not talking about a flame that's holding on to a chip of wood or a broken piece of earthenware or anything, just the flame itself. Otherwise you would be chayv as the Braisa says. So what is the case? How is the person taking out just the flame itself? And for the Gemara, the Adye Aduye you blew this flame that was in a Rosh into the Rosh Let's say a person who had this flame of fire in the Rosh very close to the Rosh and he was fanning the flames of the fire, and he, and he blows the fire, and he blows a flame that goes into the Rosh and drops into the Rosh 
So it's just the flame itself. So in such a case, he's going to be potter because the flame itself is not a tangible object. That's the case of our Mishnah. Continuing with halachis of Eidav Tuchumen regarding Yantiv, Zaktayla Gemishneh, Boyer Shal Yachid. A pit of water that is owned by a private individual. So Keraglaya Yachid, this water may be taken according to the Tchum of this private individual. If it's a water in a pit of water that's owned by the people of the city, so then you could take this water to the Tchum of the people of this city. A pit of water that was dug for the public, for the people that are being from Golis, from Babel, coming to Eretz Yisrael. So this is not owned by anybody, not by an individual, not by the people of the city. It's Hefker for everybody. So over here, the Tchum will go according to the one that fills the water. When you fill the water for yourself, so then you're kainet from Hefker. And therefore, at that point, it establishes the Tchum according to the person that fills it for himself, that he could take it to his own Tchum. So Rashi here clarifies two points. First of all, Rashi says, we had before in the Gemara Rabbi Yechanan ben Nuri that said that even an object of Hefker, in the place where it is, when Yontif came in, it establishes the Tchum for where it is, as if this Efka Haidim was owned by somebody at that point. So obviously, our Mishnah disagrees with Rabbi Yechanan ben Nuri. And as the Gemara says in Erevin, that the Chachamim disagree with Rabbi Yechanan ben Nuri. Besides that, over here when it says Keragle Amemale, why are we saying Keragle Amemale? Why shouldn't we say that it's Keragle Kolodam? It's Hefker, it's not owned by anybody. So it should be Keragle Kolodam, that any person can take it. If you filled it up and then you want to give it to your friend and he can take it from you and whoever wants to take it can take it to wherever he wants. Why does it go Dafka according to the person that filled it? That once he filled it, now it's his Tchum. So Rashi explains, because our Mishnah holds Yesh Bereire. That once he fills it up, we say that retroactively this clarifies that when Yontif came in, this water was designated for this person. So now that he filled it from the beginning of Yontif, this was as if this was his water. And therefore, it goes according to the Mamale. And if he wants to give the water to someone else afterwards, the Tchom will always remain with this person that filled it up. Zaktagamare Ramile Ravel Rav Nachman. Rav asked the question to Rav Nachman. Tanan, we learned in the Mishnah here, The water of a pit that belongs to an individual goes according to the Tchum of this individual. I'll ask you a contradiction from a Braise where it says differently, If you have streams of water that are flowing, or springs of water that are flowing, if you fill the water from there, so anybody could, that, could, that has this water can take it to his tchum that he wants. It doesn't go according to the individual owner of this, but whoever gets it can take it. There is no specific tchum that's established by an owner. Whoever gets the water can take it to his tchum where he wants to go. So it's different than what it said in the Mishnah that the tchum goes according to the owner of the yachid. So the Gemara answers, Omarave, or others are going Omarabe, The case of our Mishnah is speaking about Bimechunasin, water that's collected in a pit and remains in one area and it's not flowing. Over here in this case, water that's stationary in one area and there's an owner for it, it establishes the Tchum in that area. But water that's flowing and it's not stationary in one area could never establish a Tchum, even if there's an owner of it. But because this water is not flowing, is, is, sorry, it's not stationary, it's flowing, so it does not establish a Tchum. And whoever takes this water could take the water wherever he's going to. 
את מנמי אומר אבחייה בר אבן או משמואל במוכנוסן. Our Mishnah that said that it goes according to Ragle Yachid is specifically speaking about the water that's collected and stationary in one place. That when you have this pit of water that was made for the people that are Oyle Ragel from Babel to Eretz Yisrael, so the one that fills the water, according to him, we established the Tchum. So, Dr. Gemara, here is the following Machlaikis, and this will come into a big discussion. And again, once again, over here, towards the end of Mesech Debeye, we're going to be treated to a little bit of a deeper sugya, uh, relative to the rest of the Mesech that was more easier in Yonim. We have over here, towards the end of the Mesech you have to dive a little bit deeper into the sugya here. So, Itma, we learned the following Machlaikis. Mile Mayim, a person that fills water from this uh, water from the Oile Bavel that is made for the public. And and he filled this water and gave it to his friend. So as Rashi explains, the case here specifically is that he didn't fill the water for himself. He filled the water with the intention for his friend. He did not want to acquire it for himself. He filled the water only for the friend to acquire this water. So now the, now the question is, according to whose tchum do we establish this water? According to the one that's filling it, because he's the one that filled the water. Or do I say, no, but he did not intend to fill it for himself. He wasn't even interested in acquiring it for himself. He was interested, in, he's just doing a shlichus for his friend, to acquire it for his friend. So his friend is the one that acquired this water. So the tchum should be according to your friend. So this is a machlaikis. Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman says, that the Tchum is established for this water, like the person that the water was filled for him, because you did a shlichus for him, you filled the water for him, and you'd never acquired it for yourself, you didn't intend to acquire it for yourself, so it's, it's his Tchum. Rav says, that the Tchum is established according to the person that filled the water, even though he did not want to acquire it for himself, but still the water, the, the Tchum that is, is established like the person himself that filled it. So the Gemara explains, what's the basis of their machlaikis? So basically, we see here that there's a machlaikis regarding this shlichus. Whether the shlichus worked or the shlichus did not work. When you're filling it for your friend, will this be a shlichus for him and therefore it's going to be according to the, fr- the, other, the person that you filled it for him? Or no, the shlichus did not work and therefore it, it goes according to the person that filled it. So that's, so that's what's going on over here. So now what's the basis of this Machloikis? Mar sovar So according to Rav Nachman, or rather according to Rav Sheshis, that is, this pit of water that the Eli Bavel made for the people going to Eretz this public uh, bayer of water, is Hefke. It belongs to everybody. So now what is, what's, what's the story? What happens if it's Hefke? So Rashi here brings the Gemara and Bab what we're talking about over here is your friend never appointed you to be a shliach bachlal. You're coming and filling it up for your friend. You're not doing it for yourself. You want your friend to acquire this. But he never appointed you to do this. You want and go, to go ahead and do this for him. How, do, how could you be a shliach for him without him appointing you to be a shliach? So there's a concept called Zachin la adam I can be someone's shliach and do something that's a benefit for him without him ever appointing me because it's a benefit for him. So that, that's allowed. But here's the thing though. 
in a case where you are acquiring something for someone, but at the same time that it's a schus for your friend, it's also a loss for others, you don't have a right to acquire, to create a kinyan for your friend, if at the same time it's a loss for others. This is what's called chav la'acherim. If you're taking something that for one person it's a benefit and for others it's a loss and you weren't appointed as a shliach to do this, so then you can't go ahead and create this kinyan. This is according to Rashi's Shitta. I'm explaining the Gemara here. This is how Rashi explains it in Bab Metziah and Rashi brings over here part of the, part of the sinyan. So the point is that over here you wanted to acquire this water from Hefker for your friend and not for yourself. So according to Rav Sheshis, that doesn't work. Your friend is not going to acquire the water. Because while what you're doing is a benefit for your friend, you're taking away this object of Hefker from others to be able to use this water. And therefore to be Zeichet, to create a Kenya for your friend, when it's also going to be a loss that others will not be able to benefit from this, the Kenya does not take effect. The same applies also, as Rashi brings over here, if there's a lost object, it's Hefker, and you want to pick it up, not for yourself, but only for your friend, and while for your friend that's a benefit, for others it's a loss, now they can't get this Metziah. So you, can't, you don't have the right to create that Kenya for your friend, also causing a loss of being able to attain this Metziah by others. So therefore over here, since this Bayer is Hefker, and others would have been able to get it. And therefore, you're taking away now that's chus from them. So therefore, you can't be kind for your friend. So therefore, the trom does not go according to your friend. It goes according to the person that filled it up himself. That's Rav Sheshish's opinion. However, Rav Nachman holds, This bite of water that the people dug for everybody that was Eilid Egel is not Hefke. It's owned. It's sheer, it's everyone shares ownership in this bite. So therefore, when I'm picking it up, when I'm drawing the water from my friend and I want to be kinded from my friend, I'm just giving him his share of water that everybody really owns over here. So I don't need to be his shliach to be kinded for him and take away from others. I'm taking, I'm drawing the water, which is his share. So therefore, since my intention was to draw it for him and not for myself, so he's kind of this, his share of the water, and therefore the tchum goes according to him, according to the person that he filled it up for him. That's Rav Nachman's opinion. This is the basis of the Machlaikis. In other words, the way the Gemara understands now is, everybody agrees to this concept that you can't be chav la'achedim. You can't be zeicha something from hefker in a case that you're chav la'achedim, if it's hefker. Here though, the argument is, what is the status of these baitis that they dug for the people that were oil at Egel? Is it hefker? And therefore you can't be zeicha for your friend? Or is it shutfis? The other person has a share in it, so therefore you can be zeicha for him. So the Gemara asks on this, on this, on this explanation of the Machlaikis. So here it says the following Aloha. If I come and say to another person that I should be to you Khairim. In other words, my possessions, everything that I own should be Khairim, should be like hectish to you. That you shouldn't be able to have enough for me. So Hamudir also. So that person that you made the nether for him against him, that he shouldn't be able to have anar from you, is also. You can't have any anar from your possessions. 
In the reverse, if you say, if you say to your friend, your possessions should be like hektish to me, so then, so then you that made that nether, not to have any benefit from your friend's possessions, will be aser, to have an awe from his possessions. I mean, although his possessions are not yours to aser, but if you make a nether, not to have an awe from his possessions, so then as Rashi here brings, the Torah says, you can't break your word, the nether that you made, not to have an awe from your friend's items. Okay, then the Braisa continues. How about if the person said both? My possessions should be forbidden for you to have an awe from, and your possessions should be forbidden for me to have an awe from. So then, Shneem, Asurim, So both of these individuals are now prohibited of having an awe one from the other. However, they will be permitted to have an awe from those things that the people of Golis made for people coming up to be Eileregel. Why? Because those things that were made for the people that were Eileregel are Hefke. It was designated for everybody, it belongs to the public, it's really Hefke. But but they will be prohibited of using anything from the same city that they live in because that's something that's not Hefker. That's something that's a partnership that's shared by all the people of the city. So since they're not allowed to have a gnaw from one another, they can't have a gnaw of anything that is a partnership there. So now the Gemara, the Braisa that is over there, clarifies exactly when it said that the things from Eile Bavel are allowed. What does this refer to? Here are the items of Eile Bavel that are public property, they're Hefker, and they're both allowed to have a law from it. Harabayis, the Harabayis that people come to, so that belongs to everybody, it's Hefker. Halishkais. The chambers in the base of Mikdash also belongs to everybody. It was built for all the Klal Yisrael and it's Hefker. And also the, the courtyard in the base of Mikdash, the Azara is also Hefker. They can both walk into it. And and also the, the, the pit of water that they dug in the middle of the way, that's also Hefker and it belongs to everybody or to nobody that is. It's Hefker and they can both have an awe from it. And and here are the examples of things that we speak about in the same city that there's a partnership that they cannot have an awe from. The street in the city, or the gears of the Bach is a certain open area that people come to over there. The shul, a bathhouse, these are shared areas that they both can't have an awe from. So one of the things that it mentioned by Eile Bavel is what we were speaking about, the pit of water that was made on the way. And what did it say? That that's considered to be something that they both could have an awe from. Now, if you're going to say, like the Pshat we said before, according to Rav Nachman, that this pit of water from the people that are Eile Regel is Shutfe, so it belongs to both of them together. Amai Mutter. Why does it say that they're both allowed to have an awe from this? Vatnan, didn't we learn in a Mishnah that says, Hashutfin shenodru hano zemizeh. Shutfin that made the nether not have ano one from another. Asurim likanes lechotzer. They can't go into the chotzer that they own together because they can't have ano from one another. And lirchaitz bibar. And they also can't wash in a bar that they own together because they can't have ano from one another. So we see that a bar of water that's owned in partnership. They can't have an awe from one another. So over here as well, if this bayr is owned in partnership by all the people that are being Eileregel, so then how could it say here in the Braise that these people that, uh, that can't have an awe from one another can, could go ahead and use this bayr? So the Gemara answers, 
If the question would be about them going and bathing inside this boyer, you're right, because they have a nether, not to have a nor from one another, and they're going into the boyer itself, bathing in the water, they're having a nor from the other person's water, they, it wouldn't be allowed. But what are we speaking about over here? Here we're only speaking about filling water, drawing water from it. And therefore drawing water, when you're not entering into the entire pit of water, is a different thing. This person is filling up from his water in this pit, from his share of water in this pit. And the other person is filling up the water from his share of water in the pit. In other words, What's the Gemara really saying here? That we say, yesh breire, that even though there is a partnership and the water is all mixed together, but once they come and they draw the water, so now I say that this retroactively clarifies that this water that was mixed into this pit was always really my share of the water. So I'm not having enough from my friend. And the same thing, the other person takes his share of water. So therefore, there's no problem with the fact that Rav Nachman holds that this water from the pit from the early bubble is considered to be shutfis, but yet at the same time the people that make a nether from one another could have a gnaw from it because we rely on the svar of yesh bereire, that they're only drawing water, they're not bathing inside the entire pit of water, and when each one draws he's drawing his water, now it clarifies that this was always his water. Oh, so now the whole basis of the answer of the Gemara is that Rav Nachman holds of bereire. So the Gemara here is going to ask on this, and the Gemara is going to prove that Rav Nachman does not hold of the concept of Breda. V'sava Rav Nachman, yesh Breda. Does Rav Nachman hold that we rely on this concept of Breda, that retroactively you can clarify that each partner is taking his share of water? But Vatnan, we learned in the Mishnah. And here, based on what Rav Nachman says on this Mishnah, we see that Rav Nachman does not hold of the concept of Breda. But now, in order to understand this Mishnah, it's a Mishnah in Shkolim, you have to have a few introductions, as Rashi here brings the introductions to understand what this Mishnah is saying. The Mishnah is going to bring up uh, the Halacha of Machtas HaShekel, and also the Halacha of Meiser Behemah. So by Machtas HaShekel that you have to give once a year for the Karbanis, Tzibur, and the Beis HaMikdosh, there is a Takonim Rabbanon that besides the Machtas HaShekel that you give, you should also add a Kalbain. You should add a small coin, to this machtas shekel, and the reason is because when the hektish gets this machtas shekel, they don't keep the machtas shekel, which are very small coins and could easily get lost. They exchange it to larger coins, and it costs the hektish a little bit to exchange the money. So in order that hektish shouldn't have any loss, you add a little, another little coin to the machtas shekel that you give. Now this halacha of adding the kalbain to machtas shekel applies when a person is giving a machtas shekel but even if you're giving a full shekel as a partnership with you and your friend nevertheless the takanas chachamim still applies that you have to give the kalbain to the machtas shekel they always apply this halacha of giving the kalbain even if you're giving a partnership one large coin when does this halacha there's an exception of this kalbain when you don't have to give this kalbain a father that's giving machtas shekel for his family for his children so then, he does not have to add the kalbain. If he's giving a whole shekel or a few shkolim for his entire family, so then the din of kalbain was not applied. That's the halacha regarding machtas shekel, which this b'raith will speak about. Now, maiser behemah. By maiser behemah, there's sort of an opposite halacha. The, the gemara in Bechayres, as Rashi here brings the pasik, learns out, that there is no maise behemah when the flock of animals is owned by partners. 
If it's one person that owns them, so then he has to give Maise Behema. If it's owned by partners, there is no Maise Behema. However, when we say that it's partnership, there's no Maise Behema, that's only partners. How about if you have a father that passed away, and there's a bunch of brothers that are inheriting this estate, and it has a flock of animals in it, so are they considered to be partners? No. Over here, they are going to be chayiv in Maise Behema. But here, what this Braisa is going to be discussing is, when we're talking about children that are inheriting their father's estate, there are two stages in this. There's initially when the father passes away, and now you have this shared estate by all the brothers. That's the first stage. But then afterwards, they eventually divide the estate, and each one gets their part. And now, after they have divided the estate, what happens if two brothers decide and say, you know what, we want to repartner together, and they have this flock of animals that they want to repartner together. So they already divided, and now they're partnering back together. So that's already a completely different stage. In the beginning, when the father passed away, they were also sort of all partners. But there, they were partners before anything was divided. That's what's called in the Lashon of the Gemara there, Tfusa Sabayis. This is just the estate of the house of the father after he passed away. But then, after it's divided, and now they repartnered again, few, two or three or whatever amount of brothers decided to partner again, that's not called Tfusa Sabayis anymore. Now they repartnered again, they're just like regular partners. So over here, the halacha regarding the Kalbain of Machtas HaShekel and the halacha regarding the Maise Behemah, is always going to be the opposite of one another. When it comes to the kalbain, by partners you are chayv in a kalbain, and by the maise behemi you potter. When it comes to tfusa sabayis, when it comes over here to the children that have the estate of the father, here the halach is the opposite. By the kalbain, so you are going to be potter from a kalbain, because as I mentioned, the father that has children, and there's all children that are sharing with the father this uh, this shekel that they're giving is potter from the kalbain. Whereas if it's partners, so then you're going to be chayiv in the kalbain, but potter from the shekel. Now let's uh, see it in the words of the Gemara inside. So Vatnan, we said in the Mishnah as follows. Ho'achin ha'shutvin. When you have brothers that are partners, if the nature of their partnership is such that they're going to be obligated to give a kalbain, so when is that? When are they going to be obligated to give that kalbain? So as I explained, this would only be at the stage two. Not if they were partners right after the father passed away and they're all partners in their father's estate. Because then it's like the father giving the machtas shekel for the children. It's all one estate and there's no kalbain then. So if they're chayv and the kalbain, we're talking about stage two when they divided and then brothers decided to partner again and they're giving the machtas shekel in partnership. So then they're going to be chayv to give a kalbain because they're partners and partners are chayv and a kalbain. But peturin mi maise But since they're regular partners now, so for maise behema, partnership is part of maise behema. But in the reverse, if it's in the stage one, when it's still in the father's estate, and therefore they're going to be chayv and maise behemah, because it's still a shared estate from the father, and they're not real partners of separate people that are partnering together. It's tfusa sabayis. It's all the one estate from the father, and therefore they are chayv and maise behemah. So then, peturin mena kalbain. So then they're going to be potter from giving this kalbain because it's one estate from the father. And when a father gives machtas hashakah for all the children, you're potter from the kalbain. That's the Mishnah.
Now here is going to come in a machleikis regarding this, whether yesh bereide or ein bereide. And we'll see that Rav Nachman holds ein bereide. And Ravonon came and explained when we speak over here in this Mishnah about the brothers that divided the estate of the father and then they repartnered. In what way did they divide? Rav Onan says it will depend how they divided this estate, whether we will then consider them later in stage two to be considered regular partners. So Rav Onan says as follows, When do I say that if they repartnered again later that they're considered to be like regular partners? Elo, that's only shacholku gidoyim kinegatloyim. The way they divided the estate was, they, they said, look, we're going to look at the value of the estate of our father. We're not going to divide that everyone's going to get a part in everything. They're all equal inheritors of everything that the father owned, right? So naturally, what would you do? Everybody gets a little bit of everything, his part, his share and everything. But they didn't do it that way. They divided by its value. And therefore, they, what they did is, they said, you'll take the goats. And I'll take the sheep. And Tloyim connected Gedoyim. And they evaluated the, the value of the sheep against the goats. So basically, they did not divide the way you naturally divide an estate of a father where everyone actually takes his share of the estate. Rather, they evaluated the entire estate. And now they sort of created the way partners would split up. Let's evaluate this against this, and you'll take this part, and I'll take that part. That's the way they divide it. So in such a case, I say that they fully separated from one another. And now, if they repartner later again, this is a new partnership. This is a new partnership, and therefore the halacha of this Mishnah will apply that it's considered to be a new partnership. But, aval, however, cholku gedayim keneged gedayim. If the way they divided this estate was the way you naturally divide an estate of inheritors, that each one takes his share in each part, in the Gedoyim itself, in the goats, each one took his part of the goats, and when it came to the sheep, they took all the flock of sheep and they divided the sheep and each one got his part. So then, says Ravonon, what I say is, they're not going to be partners. There is no stage two that they turn into partners here. So really, what happened over here is they never really split up like regular partners that split up from one another. Each one got his part from and his, his share from what the estate really came to him from the beginning. In other words, what Rav Aran is saying is yesh breide, that this retroactively clarifies from the beginning that when the father passed away, this was my share. Now that you're giving me my share, this is not a new ownership that I'm receiving now, separated from my brother, that this is, this is a new ownership that I bought now, and my brother bought the other part of ownership for him. No, this retroactively clarifies that this is really the share that I inherited from the beginning. So therefore, in such a case, Rav, Rav Onan says, this is not considered to be that there's not going to be a new partnership over here between them. And therefore, over here, this really clarifies that they are really receiving their share that was theirs from the beginning. So again, the, the point of Rav, what Rav Onan is saying is all based on the concept of Yesh Breire, that this retroactively clarifies that this was theirs from the beginning. 
But again, this is all if they're dividing in the way you would naturally divide an estate where each one takes their share in every single part of what there is. Whereas if they're dividing goats against sheep and so on, so then they're splitting up, not in the way you split up an inheritance, but the way partners divide. So therefore, over here, you can't say that it retroactively clarifies because they're dividing in a different kind of a way. Now, Rav Nachman doesn't hold of Breide, but Rav Nachman Omar, Rav Nachman says, Even if they divided the goats, and the goats, each one got their share of the goats, and each one got their share of the sheep. We do not say, We do not say that each brother is getting, it retroactively clarifies that this is his portion that he got from the beginning. Because there is no Breira. Now that he got this portion, so right now, this is a new portion that he got. In the beginning, it was all shared, there was Tfusas Abayas all together. But now later, when you divide it, each one is getting their portion right now. It's a new ownership that you're getting now. It, it does not retroactively clarify that this was yours from the beginning. So what do we see from here? Rav Nachman holds Ein Breire. So how can we answer our question before regarding this bayer that the Oile Babel dug and say that Rav Nachman holds that there is a Shutfis in this bayer and the reason why they could have no, both could have no from it is only when they draw water from it because I rely on the concept of Breda that each one is drawing his share of water it's retroactively clarified that it's only his share of water Rav Nachman does not hold of Breda as we see over here so because of this the Gemara comes to a different explanation to the Machleikis of Rav Nachman and Rav Sheshis. so again the Machleikis of Rav Nachman and Rav Sheshis was when you fill water from this bayr from the Oile Bavel not for yourself, but you're only having in mind that your friend should acquire this water. So according to who does the Tchum go? Rav Nachman says that the Tchum goes according to the person that you filled it for him. And Rav Sheisha says the Tchum goes according to the person himself that filled it. So the Gemara now is going to give a new explanation for this. Ella, so rather, Hocha b'magbiya. Or I skipped just one line. So we have to say that everybody agrees that this bird from the early Bavel in fact is Hefker. And that's why over there, when there's a nether that they can't have a nod from one another, they are allowed to they are allowed to have a nod from this bird because it's Hefker. We're not relying on the concept of Breda. So what's the machlaikus over here? And Vahocha, as the Bachir says, Vahocha Bemagbiya Mitsia Lachavedoi Komifligi. But here they're actually arguing about this very alocha of Hamagbiya Mitsia Lachavedoi, which is when you have a Hefker object, a Mitsia object, and I want to go ahead and pick it up for my friend. So at the same time that it's a benefit for my friend, it's causing a loss for others. Do I have a right to create that Kenya for my friend, even though I'm causing a loss to others? So that's what they're arguing about. So I'm going to first read the simple pshat of the Gemara, and then I'll uh, say what Rashi and Teisvah say over here about this Gemara. But first, the simple pshat of the Gemara is as follows. That Mar Savar, so one opinion over here is, Kona, that when you pick up a Metziah for your friend, so you have the right to pick it up for your friend, and we're not concerned about the fact that it causes a loss to another. The fact that it's Chav does not matter. I have the right 
to pick up a metziah for my friend, and it's kind of for him. So in other words, this very halacha that we brought in the beginning, from the Gemara and Baba Metziah, that as long as it's Chav La'acherim, you can't create a Kenya for your friend, this itself is the dispute over here. One opinion is that Amagbiyah, which is according to the simple Pshar of the Gemara, would be Rav Nachman, that Amagbiyah Metziah La'chaveray, Kana Chaveray. Yes, it was kinder for him. It doesn't matter that it causes a loss to someone else. So since my friend was kinder, so the tchum will go according to him. He was kinder. And Marasava, however, Rav Sheshis hold, like we said in the beginning, that loikana, if I picked it up for my friend, so because it's chavla chedim, it's causing a loss to others, so therefore I can't create this kenya for my friend, and therefore he's not going to be kainet. So the one that fills the water here, his friend was not kainet, so the tchum goes according to the person that filled it, not according to his friend. That's the pshat and Rav Sheshis. That would seem to be the simple pshat of the Gemara. Rashi, however, has a different shot in this Gemara. And the reason is because Rashi points out that in the Gemara in Bab Metziah, it clearly says that Rav Chista and Rav Nachman both hold that you do not have the right to create a Kenya for your friend if it causes a loss to someone else. So how are we saying here that you can? So therefore, Rashi learns the Gemara over here as follows. Everybody holds that when you pick up a metziah and you're not intending to acquire it for yourself, just for your friend, your friend will not be kind it. Here, however, what the Gemara is addressing is, how about the person himself that picked it up? Will he be kind it for himself in this case? Here's the problem. He did not have kavana to be kind it for himself. He had kavana to be kind it for his friend, but not for himself. So a basic requirement by all Kenyanim is you have to have Kavana for Kenyan for the Kenyan to take effect. If you do not have Kavana to be kinder for yourself, maybe you yourself should not be kinder. That is the Machloikis here. So here, let's read the Gemara again. Marsovar Kono. So what Rav Nachman holds is that... Rather, again, let me do that again. Mar Sava goes on Rav Sheshes. Rav Sheshes holds Kono that you are kinder for yourself. Even though your friend is not kind of, I can't be kind of for my friend because I'm causing a loss to others, but I am kind of for myself. Even though I did not have kavana to be kind of for myself, but the general kavana to be kind of, I had, so I can be kind of for myself. And therefore, if I was kind of for myself, so the status of the tchum of the water will go according to you. And Marsava, Rav Nachman holds loikana, which means not only was your friend not kind if you picked up for him, you're not kind of either. Nobody is kind of this. Your friend is not kind of because you were causing a loss to someone else and he can't be kind of this. You're not kind of because you never intended to be kind of for yourself. You had no kavana to be kind of for yourself. No kin you can take effect without kavana. So therefore nobody is kind of. So what happens now? You're going to go and bring the, the water to your friend. When your friend will receive the water, at that point, he's kind of, he gets it. And therefore, at that point, when your friend is kind of menahafker, the tchum will go according to him. You were never kind of. Rav Sheshe says, when you picked it up, when you drew the water for your, for your friend, your friend was not kind of, but you were. So therefore, when you give it to your friend, he's receiving it from you. So therefore, it already was established that it's your tchum. Whereas Rav Nachman holds, not your friend was kinda when you, when you drew it for him, not you were kinda. So when you give it to him, then your friend is kinda at that point, and then the tchum is established according to him. That's Rashi's pshat in the Gemara. Comes out that really Rav Nachman and Rav Sheish just are arguing about a very fundamental concept in Kenyanim. We know that, as I said, the Kenyanim require kavana. The question though is, if you had the general kavana to be kinder, but not the specific kavana to be kinder for yourself, will you be kinder or not? Rav Nachman says you will not, and Rav Sheish says you will. 
Taisus, however, there's a long Taisus, just because at one point that he brings from the Rajbam that the contradiction that Rashi asks from the Gemara in Bab Metzia is not a contradiction because over there it's talking about Hamagbiya Metzia Lachaveiray. So if you're causing a loss to someone else that can't pick up this Metzia, <coughs> there you're really causing a loss. This Hefka item, this Metzia, your friend will never be able to get if you're taking it away from him. So there Rav Nachman holds, like Kona Chaveiray. Here we're talking about a pit of water that has a lot of water in it. And here, Rav Nachman, in fact, will hold that you do have the right to create a kenya for your friend, even though it's sort of causing a loss to someone else, because it's not a real loss. There's a lot of more water in the pit over here, and therefore he holds kana. So therefore, Taisus actually sticks to the simple shot of the Gemara that I said in the beginning.